Joe Biden gives a speech about his school, college debt forgiveness program, but the question is, is it legal? Well, no, it's not. So how are they going to be able to do this? Let's talk about that because he's got kind of a bizarre reason why he thinks it's legal. Uh, and let's listen to Biden officials as they get asked very simple, straightforward questions and they don't quite know how to answer them. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. And all the big news yesterday was the college debt forgiveness program, which basically means taxpayers now pay for college students. So, I listened to Joe Biden's speech. Man, that guy doesn't have it anymore. He really is out to lunch. I... I now know why he was out for nine days with COVID, or 12 days, 14 days with COVID, and then decided to take a three-week vacation and didn't have an interview since. The guy has really lost it. He is not going to make it his two years. I don't think he'll make it to the end of the year. You've already heard my theory on that. But this guy seems, you know, three sheets to the wind. It, it is, he is gone. Let's listen to a couple of clips from his speech yesterday. Uh, here's the first one. An entire generation is now saddled with unsustainable debt in exchange for an attempt, at least, at a college degree. The burden is so heavy that even if you graduate, you may not have access to the middle-class life that the college degree once provided. Many people, many people can't qualify for a mortgage to buy a home because of the debt they continue to carry. They, uh, you know, they, they, they carry it's too high. They can't come up with a down payment anyway. A lot of folks are even putting off uh, starting families because of the cost. And the dream of starting or owning your own business is just way off in the distance with the debt that's, uh, that you know, so many are saddled with. I mean, he can't even get through a sentence without jacking it up. Uh, it's just absolutely incredible that this guy continues on. And where's his wife? Where's his son? I mean, this is embarrassing. They've got to feel bad for the guy. Well, they probably don't. Anyway, a couple things about what he said. First off, if I'm an individual and I took on a huge amount of debt to get a college degree instead of starting a business or buying a home, this is short-sightedness by the person that signed for the loan. That's what this is. And that is not my problem that they decided to take on a $50,000 or $10,000 or $20,000 debt in college. I shouldn't have to pay for that. And it's, I'm sorry you took, you took that on and now you can't afford a house. Well, figure it out and pay for it. And what degree did you get? Why can't you pay off your debt? When you take on a debt, the first thing you think of is, okay, where am I going to be 10 years from now? That's what you think about. And at 18, I agree, the system is corrupt. The college system is corrupt. They, these, they're giving loans to kids for gender studies, lesbian dance theory, English, you know, crap that you're not going to be able to use. And you're not going to be able to get a job that's going to pay you enough to uh, pay off your loan. But you, as an individual, have to think ahead. Yes, the schools lie. That you have to think, what am I going to do with this philosophy degree? 
How much is my earning potential? And that's something a lot of students don't don't think about. So them start when they're so bad with their money right off the bat, why would I think they're going to be good enough with their money to start a business? And what business are you going to start with a philosophy degree or a gender studies degree? This is the big problem. Now, I understand if you want to look you want to loan people $50,000 because they're going into astrophysics or something, some of the STEM fields, that makes sense. Because that individual is going to be making enough money to be able to pay, but that's up to the school, that's up to the lender, and that's up to the individual. I don't want to hear that I can't afford a house 15 years after I got my gender studies degree. Because I knew way back while I was working that your gender studies degree wasn't going to be able to pay off that $50,000 loan. And again, this is another thing that the Biden administration doesn't quite seem to understand. It is not the responsibility of everybody else to pay for these college degrees. It's not my responsibility. Who Now, I have a degree, but I paid it off, which right off the bat isn't fair. But the job I had, I didn't need a degree. I could have got out of high school and gone straight into my job. I would have, I would have been promoted just like I would have been with a, with a degree. It wouldn't have made any difference. But a person who didn't go to college because they couldn't afford college, busted their chops working, get promoted, buy a house, why should that individual be saddled with someone who made bad financial decisions? And those bad financial decisions are probably going to continue on when they get loans for houses, cars, and everything else. So that's that's one thing. And Joe Biden has a lot of problems answering some questions. So here's another uh, clip. Let's listen to that. I believe my plan is responsible and fair. It focuses the benefit on middle class and working families. It helps both current and future borrowers and will fix a badly broken system. And these actions build on my administration's effort to make college more affordable in the first place. Everything that guy just said right now is a lie. It does not fix the system. The system that's broken is the college system itself. It feeds the college system more money. It feeds the broken system. It makes it bigger. Because if you think the colleges aren't going to raise their rates, <coughs> you're nuts. I mean, they've been raising their rates because of subsidies from the government for 10, 15, 20 years. It does not help people of color. Most people that go to college are white and Asian. This was pointed out by the NAACP yesterday. Most people of color go right out of high school, go straight to work right out of, out of high school. So that is absolutely not true. As a matter of fact, it charges their taxes go to subsidizing the white and Asians that actually take out loans. It does not help them at all. And it does not help working families. That's not true. Most working families they go out and they work straight out of a high school out of high school, maybe learn to be a plumber, learn to be a hairdresser, while you're spending four years use working for your useless degree, these people are going out and have trade skills and are working. They're the ones that end up having to take their taxes from their hard and their hard earned salaries 
and give it to people who have who are actually going to be in the top 30% of future white collar earners. That's what exactly is happening. And gender studies degree, what does that individual do? That individual ends up being a what? A teacher, which is a white collar job. So the big question here is who's going to pay for this? Because yesterday I'd said it's going to cost approximately $300 billion. Well, the CBO today is saying, no, it's going to be, it's going to cost probably around $500 billion minimum. So now it's ranging from $300 to $500 billion, but it might even go higher than that. So this was something, and this was the question of the day. So here is Joe Biden being asked, now being asked, what about the people who didn't go to college and have to, uh, didn't go to college and have to pay for this? Is that fair? Listen to Joe Biden's response. Thank you. Mr. President, is this unfair to people who paid their student loans or chose not to take out loans? Is it fair to people who in fact uh, do not own multi-billion dollar businesses if she wants these guys get them all attached Is that fair? What do you think? What about people who pay their loans so struggle to pay their loans and now others don't have to? And off he goes. Now did you hear his answer? First off, no one would blame you if you couldn't hear his your his action his uh, answer because it was just a string of words that was blah 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 blah. I swear to God, the guy can't speak anymore. He's gone. Uh, his the his and his answer was just what? His answer was well, is it fair that a person that ha- that is a billionaire owns a business and makes money and these kids don't have a chance to be billionaire what what does that have to do with anything here's a here's a, a thing a lot of billionaires yeah they don't have college degrees uh, zuckerman who owns facebook doesn't have a college degree he actually left i think it was harvard i think it was harvard he left harvard he never graduated amazon i don't think uh, Jeff Bezos graduated from college. Instead, he went out and started working out of his garage to create Amazon. And what difference is that? What, what does that even mean? Uh, is it fair that a billionaire owns a business? Yes, it's fair that the billionaire owns the business. Because the billionaire put out his own capital, created a successful business. So yes, it is very fair. And what does one have to do with the other? Is it fair you're taking uh, the tax money from Jeff Bezos, who doesn't have a college degree, and handing it to some or Zucker, Zuckerberg, who doesn't have a college degree, and handing it to someone who would, who does? Oh, well, Peter Ducey was on a uh, was on fire yesterday. Uh, <laughs> several times he just went after. Here he is going after Karen Jean Pierre. And I'm going to, this is a long clip. This is like two minutes and 15 seconds. And I'm going to play the entire clip because her answer was asinine. And I think this is pretty much how you're going to hear things from the White House because they really don't have any answers. So here he is asking the simple question. And he has to ask it several times because Karen Jean-Pierre, who is a terrible press secretary, doesn't really have an answer. And I got to tell you, I almost feel sorry for her because that's what Joe Biden does. He went out there 
He made a seven-minute speech. He didn't answer any questions except one, which was, you couldn't even understand what he was talking about. And it was away from the mic and it was nonsensical. And then he goes down to his basement, watches Matlock, uh, drinks or eats pudding or whatever he does. And he, he isn't seen again. But Karen Jean-Pierre is stuck out there for an hour and a half trying to clean up this mess that he's created. And you know she didn't have any say on this whole thing. So she goes, oh, by the way, where's Ron Klain? Ron Klain's the one who probably designed this whole thing. Why aren't we hearing from him? So here she goes, trying to answer the simple question, who is paying for this? Again, here's what we have done. Here's what here's a lot about how much it might cost, it might not cost. Who is paying for this? What we are saying is the, the work that this administration has done, the work that the Democrats in Congress has done, is actually there. And you see that the $1.7 trillion uh, deficit, in deficit uh, deduction that you see is, is going to benefit us in being able to do something for the middle class, to do something just, for the middle class. But when you this is about doing something for people who make less than $125,000, $1.7 trillion. That's what we've been able to do. But when you forgive debt, you're not just disappearing debt. So but, who is paying for but, this? And then I'll give you the second part. We lifted the pause, right? We're going to lift the pause uh, at the end of this year, which is going to matter, right? Which is going to offset uh, a lot of what, what we're doing as well. Uh, when you think about the, the $4 billion that are going, that's going to go back uh, into, as, as revenue, back into uh, this process of folks uh, paying, paying, right, their college tuition, that matters as well. So we are doing this in a smart way. We're doing this in a way that's going to be effective. Uh, we're doing in this a way that keeps to the president's promise on giving people who need some breathing room, who needs some breathing room. I just, I just laid out, I just laid out for you. No, Peter, I just laid out for you how we're seeing this process and why this matters. Again, I just laid out, I just, I just laid out because of the work that we have done in the economy, because of the American Rescue Plan, uh, because of uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, and because all of this work that this president has done is actually has brought down our deficit by $1.7 trillion, unlike what Republicans did when they added to our deficit $2 trillion and did not care at all or thought about how this was going to be paid for, they did not actually put in a process or thought th think about how we're going to do this in a smart way. This is not how this administration is doing it. Again, we are happy to continue to have this conversation. But She spent two minutes, was asked the same question three times, laid out a two-part answer, laid out a two parts to what she said was an answer and never answered the question. Ducey even tried to help her out. Are you going to charge corporations? Where are you getting this money? And she could not answer it. And she spent... This is how you know with Karen Jean-Pierre, she's so bad at this. This is how you know she doesn't have an answer. She starts dumping a three-minute word, word salad that has no answers in it. And, of course, then she starts blaming Republicans. She blamed the last administration. He raised the debt $2 trillion. Yeah, we were in the middle of a pandemic at, at, in 2020. We shut down all businesses. Yes, he raised the debt $2 trillion, but he had to. 
He had no choice. He was telling everyone to shut everything down, and then he had to give money so people could survive. So yes, Donald Trump in his last year raised the debt $2 trillion. Joe Biden this year is looking at about, oh, what are we talking about? About $3 trillion. And this crap about, hey, we're, we didn't raise the debt. Yes, you did. You've been raising the debt. The infrastructure plan raised the debt. The, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act raised the debt. This is going to raise the debt. Please stop saying they're not raising the debt. So that's, that's all not true. But, I mean, it's amazing. And Steve Ducey, or Peter Ducey, wasn't done. Now he goes over here, he's asking, Miguel Cordona does the same thing, uh, except Peter Ducey is just simply asking a question, simply asking the question, okay, what if you've already paid your debt? What if you've already paid your loans? What if you never went to college? What do these people get? And Cordona, Cordona's answer is simple. Look, this is a good day for America, good day for uh, those who are thinking about higher education in the future, because not only does it provide student loan forgiveness, it also fixes a system that's broken. And to those who are saying it's not fair, look, the, the aim of this is really to address the effects of the pandemic. It's my responsibility to make sure that people aren't coming out of the pandemic worse off than they were at the beginning. But to the to the fairness question, the people that are sitting at home, right. having just paid off their student loans or having paid them off right. years ago, What's in it for them? Right. Well, look, when we address some of the issues that could lead to default uh, payments or default borrowers in the future, that affects everyone. We should be proud that we're able to help Americans that need help right now, just like we help businesses, small businesses during the pandemic. You know, it's about making sure we're taking care of Americans and investing in our economy and in our people. But just to, the final one on this, sure. the people that already paid their student loans, right. they don't get anything out of this deal. Right. That's right. Okay. You can tell when a politician is lying because they're talking. And this is what Cardona's doing. A, what if they paid it? He doesn't want to say it straightforward. And then finally, at the very end, Peter Ducey just sits there and levels him up and says, hey, if you've already paid your debt or you didn't go to college, what do you get out of this? Nothing. You're a sucker. If you paid your debt, you're a sucker. You shouldn't have done it. You should have let your debt go. You're a sucker. Then that's he didn't say the exact words, but that's essentially what he means. And by the way, he did say something interesting because the other question is: Is this constitutional? Is this legal? The answer is absolutely not. There, there is no legality to this. He does not have the constitutional right to just spend five hundred billion dollars. It does have to go through Congress. Congress has to approve it, and we already know Congress is not going to approve this. The Senate will block this. I think even the House would have problems with this. So, no, this is not constitutional. So what's their excuse for doing this? Their reason for doing this is because there is a, an emergency, a public health emergency, because of COVID. That's what they're saying. They're saying these people could not pay their student loans because they couldn't work because of COVID. And that's why this is legal for the president to do. He's do he's using the public health emergency. <coughs> he's using the public health emergency thing. Does that sound like a real valid way valid excuse to just suddenly drop five hundred billion dollars into the economy again 
raising more inflation. So that is their excuse. Is it a good excuse? No. And it's not going to pass muster. It's it's not going anywhere. Everything, all this this excitement that you see on television right now, it's not it, nothing's going to come of it. It there've already been groups that are laying down to sue the administration to stop this. And it it will go to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court already ruled the Biden administration could not just give money out. They already made this rule. I believe it was over COVID, something like that. The Biden administration wanted to dump money into something by pure executive order. And the and the Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. So it's already ruled on something just like this. Oh, it was the rent forgiveness. So you remember last year, uh, the Biden administration just decided out of whole cloth they were going to forgive rent for people after COVID had ended. And that law, the rent forgiveness, was actually passed by Congress. And then he decided to extend it. He even said, I don't think this is legal, but we'll get it'll we'll get to that. And if it's not legal, at least I gave you another month or two. And of course, it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said you can't do that. It was 6-3. It wasn't even that close. So he's doing, this is exactly the same thing. And he just can't do that. He can't even extend loan forgiveness. for. He can't even extend the, the loan payment uh, stoppage till December 31st. He doesn't even have the legal right to do that. So this is this is nothing's going to happen. This isn't going to happen. The news is blowing this out of, out of out of proportion because it's not going anywhere. But the fact of the matter is it just shows you that the Biden administration really doesn't care and the only thing they're doing is paying off their primary donors. And their donors are people white-collared white-collar workers and women. That's who they're paying off. They're not helping blacks or, or Hispanics or working families. They're not helping any of those people. As a matter of fact, you are subsidizing. Those people are subsidizing the, the upper class and the upper middle class. All right. So there we go. Um, let's get to at least one story. And I'm going to do a podcast tomorrow because I think I think some this these stories are actually pretty important and they really deal with the culture. So I have three other stories, but I'm only going to cover one since I'm running out of time already. So the November elections are going to be really, really important. And it looks like we're going to take the House maybe by not as much as we thought, but it'll be significant. Uh, but the Senate is in doubt. And there, you, there are three reasons why the Senate kind of may not turn. First, only about a third of the incumbents are running. So you're talking about 30, 35 people, uh, 35 uh, Senate seats are up for this election. So it's not a lot of Senate seats. It's also a state, the Senate runs statewide elections instead of districts. And the incumbents are much better known. It's harder to unseat an incumbent because of the money that they typically have. Finally, the Republicans have really put up a weak group of candidates. Uh, 
So let's take a look at one that's really important. And I, I, think, I think this is going to change. But in Pennsylvania, the Republican they're running is Mehmet Oz. If you don't know who that is, he is the TV star who Dr. Oz runs the Dr. Oz show. So he's decided to he's decided to run in Pennsylvania for senator, but he's a very shaky candidate. He's always been a Republican, but he's always been kind of middle of the road, even Mayskew. He's been kind of a Mitt Romney Republican. He supported Bush, he supported Trump, but he's never really been a conservative. He believes in this climate change insanity, but he doesn't believe in it to the point that we should stop fracking, stop drilling. He thinks we need to do something about it, that it is dangerous, that we are in big trouble. But he's still really middle of the road thinking. He doesn't think we should... He thinks the carbon-based philosophy is a little out there. He doesn't believe that man's pumping carbon into the air is really the problem. He, because basically everything is carbon, CO2, that's everywhere we breathe out CO2. Uh, but he still believes that climate is an issue and we should do something about it. He doesn't say what, but he prior to 2019, he was actually pro-abortion. Now, he's changed his position since, but he really, when asked, he usually refuses to answer. So uh, you, can, you can see... And, and as early as 2012, he also believed that children can change their sex. And he did bring this up. He was pro-gay marriage. So you can see he's not exactly a strong conservative. And you can see that a lot of conservatives, especially evangelicals, may not be all that interested in voting for him. So there's very little excitement about this candidate. But here's the kicker. He's running up against a guy named John Fetterman. And John Fetterman is a complete disaster. First off, if you've watched any news, you'll know who John Fetterman is. He's six foot nine, and all he does, he's the current uh, lieutenant governor of uh, Pennsylvania. He is constantly walking around in a hoodie and shorts. He does all of his campaign stops in a hoodie and shorts. And of course he does that because he wants to show himself as a, as a everyday man. Well, he's not, he's definitely not. He, first off, he's a socialist. Second off, his only job he had was the mayor of a small town, which paid him $150 a year. I think it's Babadoc or something like that. Some little town over there. He did sell insurance before he became mayor, but he only sold it for a few months and then he quit. Most of his work has been voluntary. He has at, never actually held a real job. He has been a career worth, worthless person going into politics. That's what these guys seem to do. Now, you might be asking yourself, how did he make his money? Well, up until he was about 53 years old, his father gave him money. Since 1988, his father, who is very wealthy, he's an entrepreneur, very wealthy, gave him about $54,000 a year. And he just, when he became lieutenant governor and they started paying him a salary, 
he then stopped taking money from his father. So his father basically paid for him to live up into his 50s. Now, he the other problem that this guy has is that he has had a serious stroke. A serious stroke. And there appears to have been brain damage. Now they said he's they said, and this was this happened this year. They said he's okay, he's okay, he's fine. There doesn't seem to be there doesn't seem to be any major damage in him. But no, there is. He keeps dropping words. He keeps pausing in speeches. You can tell his mind is gone. He really can't think. And this is the guy who wants to be a senator. We already have somebody who is mentally deficient in the White House. Now we want to add, uh, coincidentally, a leftist Democrat. Now we want to add another leftist Democrat who has mental problems into the Senate. And he, his policies are extremely left. Uh, he is an abortion-on-demand guy up to the point of birth. He believes in legalizing all drugs. He believes in criminal justice reform. As a matter of fact, he said in his speeches that he thought it would be best for Pennsylvania if you released one-third of the prisoners from prison because they probably don't belong there. And, and by the way, their crime rates are in Pennsylvania are up between 40 and 50 percent. So they have major crime problems. He doesn't believe in defunding the police, though. He did make that clear. He doesn't believe in defend, defunding the police. He believes any means necessary to end climate change. He is a huge supporter of gun control and actually wants gun buyback programs and things like that. He wants to end the filibuster. He wants universal health care. He supports a $15 minimum wage, and he believes in a wealth tax. And if you don't know what a wealth tax is, a wealth tax means they want to tax your wealth, not your income. So if I own stocks, they want to tax you on the value of those stocks, which is absolutely insane. This guy is basically another squad member, except he'll be in the Senate instead. Now, in all honesty, Oz should beat the crap out of this guy. And I still think he's going to beat him. I, I don't think it's that going to be that close. But right now, he is down by five points, and that is in one of the best polls out there. Some polls have him down by 10 to 15 points. Of course, those polls, a lot of, a lot of people see those as leftist-leaning polls, so they really don't take them seriously, but there was a nonpartisan uh, college that said, yeah, no, he's only down about five. Here's the thing. It's not even that this guy is, this guy is, this guy could actually end up in the Senate. It's that this guy is able to run at all. How is this joker? And if you ever saw him, he looks like Lurch. He, how is this guy able to even run? And how can he be taken seriously walking around in shorts and hoodies all the time? Now, that's not saying he never wore a suit. He, he wore suits to when he was lieutenant governor. But you never see him in his campaign events wearing a suit. He always wears those stupid shorts, sandals half the time, and a hoodie. And this guy has a chance to become the senator of the United States. As a matter of fact, he's leading so far. 
How is that? That's the problem with the Republicans. The Republicans just don't know how to run people. Now, I like Herschel Walker is running against uh, Anthony Warnock in, in Georgia. And I think Warnock's a disaster. Okay. And the problem is Herschel Walker is not a real strong candidate. Herschel Walker is an evangelical. Herschel Walker may turn off voters with some of his preaching that he does. And he does do preaching. The media is completely against Herschel Walker. And Herschel Walker, is a don't forget, he's a hero in Georgia. He used to be a running back for the Georgia Bulldogs and then went on to the NFL and had a Hall of Fame career. So he's, a, he's loved. He's also down by five to ten points to Anthony Warnock. And Anthony Warnock, hello, he was arrested for beating his girlfriend. And that seems to be completely forgotten. He's also a socialist. And when I say socialist, I mean he's an actual socialist. So, we have two guys that I still, I still have faith that they're, they're actually going to pull through. I think Herschel Walker will beat Warnock. I think that I would like to see Trump really push Warnock uh, and Herschel Walker a little bit. I think that would help Trump too. I'd like to see DeSantis help Walker. And I think... Uh, Trump is already really pushing Oz, and he had. And Trump is a fan and has endorsed Herschel Walker. But the Republicans seriously need to find to find conservative candidates that can go out there and give their positions in clear language so that everyone understands it. Because right now these two Oz and Oz has too much of a liberal history on him, and is quite liberal when it comes to social politics social poli social issues and Herschel Walker is very conservative but sometimes can't explain his positions or explains his positions from the evangelical point of view and that can really turn people off the Republicans need to put out more politicians like DeSantis they really do and they need to find those and really push them through Okay, so we will be having a podcast tomorrow because turns out I already have the podcast written because I haven't been able to finish finish saying what I've got to say and there's just so much. And tomorrow's will actually be quite important. Tomorrow there's some things that are really bothering me and these these stories really bother me and I think we should probably have a discussion about them. So, I hope you have a great day. Visit my website, go visit me on Rumble. Uh, look at my videos. I still haven't put up that video of the ghosts yet, but there is still the first one. So if you want to go see it, go take a look. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.